The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. New year, new credit scores. Chime makes it easier to build credit by using your own money to make on-time payments with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a qualifying direct deposit. There's no annual fee or credit check required when applying. Get started at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league, or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F I V E 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Winning season at returns at MyBookie, and that's where you can get double your first deposit. Get in on the action using promo code 3YARDS, and, uh, and that's how you double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. So uh, get in on MyBookie, and remember to use the promo code 3YARDS Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. So your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here, and I have no idea why. But he's not here, okay? He should be here on Monday, for sure. Well, Simon, I thought we were going to start the show about... And I was going to start by saying that the Dolphins had just acquired a silky smooth running back worthy of a Manscaped advertisement. But now I kind of hope that Le'Veon Bell doesn't use manscaping, uses straight razors. Yeah, I mean, he is definitely not using the 5RSN code. Do you see what I did that? I remembered it this week. <laughs> yes. Uh, he might have been. He might have had the opportunity to use the 5RSN code if he'd have joined the Miami Dolphins. But instead, he chose to join the Kansas City Chiefs and therefore is eliminated from using the Manscaped code to help his testicular area, his gentleman area. We got a few. Um, we got a, a few criticisms last week, not for the incredible quality of the singing. I might add, which uh, apparently went down. I mean, I don't want to sound like Donald Trump, but it was the best singing ever. Um, but um, a couple of party poopers were getting a little bit aerated that we talked about the gentleman's area. Yes. So, you know, I, I mean, what can I tell you? You know, it's it is what it is. But yes, the uh, the song about the lawnmower three point zero will live long in the memory, uh, <laughs> long in lots of people's memories. I, I haven't actually been contacted by any record companies, which I find slightly bizarre. 
I, I assumed that my inbox would be full of Warner and um, other record companies that I now can't think of sending me messages going, we'd like to sign you to a contract to do some work with Taylor Swift or whatever, but maybe they've lost my number. But yes, um, what they haven't lost is the code 5RSN for the uh, Lawnmower 3.0, which 20% cultivates 20% off to gently cultivate your gentleman's area. Yeah, oddly enough, speaking of music, uh, Le'Veon Bell has what looks like five or six videos, which who knows? I'm not I'm not his accountant, but there has to be several million dollars spent on these videos of Le'Veon Bell and his music. And yeah, I must say it's the hip- it's the worst thing I've ever listened to, ever. Yeah, but I don't have you down as a as a hip hop fan. If oh, I actually am, Simon. Really? <laughs> yes. From way back. Not of okay. not of what is you know what is considered hip hop nowadays, but you know I love the New York scene and and the California scene in the in the nineties. Loved it. Okay, you know okay. I like more of back. the classics. And Kendrick Lamar is, okay. is fine, you know. But uh, yeah, but oddly enough, had he signed with the Dolphins, I, w- I was going to play some of his music and promote it on the show. You know, if you just if you just signed for the Dolphins, I bet you'd have loved his music, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would have said, "Oh my God, this guy's talented! <laughs> Look how multi-talented this guy is! Not only is he going to run the the football for us on Sunday, but you know he's going to make great music that we're going to celebrate here for years." But so we were yeah. in a three we were in a three horse race, huh, with uh, Casey and and the Bills, which quickly became a two horse race between us and the Chiefs, and. We offered more in terms of money and length, and he chose the Super Bowl. You know, look, you can't blame him no. for choosing, you know, to play with Patrick Mahomes alongside Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in an offense that's just lost Sammy Watkins, so just gives him another little safety valve, as it were, with a head coach, Andy Reid, who's operating at the very top of his game, and, and Eric Bieniemy as well. So it's, um, you know, it, it, is it disappointing? I don't know. You know, 2017 was his last productive season. He sat out 2018, two bad years of the Jets. Ryan Tanner, who had a had a run on um on Tuesday night against the um against the Bills longer than any run that that Bell has had in the last two seasons, so that kind of puts it slightly into perspective. And you wonder what his motivation is and whether or not he really is fired up enough to you know because people sent me tweets saying, well, you know, I'm sure he's going to be great because you can't trust anybody that played with Adam Gaze. And there is a the sense of that. You look at what's happened with the Jets. You look at what happened in the the end of the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. But something that you know, Bell is not completely um, blameless in all yeah, this. You know, there is where, where is the level of self-respect? Where is the level of you know? Because you go back to his Pittsburgh career, and he was arcing towards a possible, in inverted commas, possible Hall of Fame career if he carried that on it in Pittsburgh. You know, he turned down a significant amount of money, then sat out a season off back to back to. I mean, was he three time first team All Pro, two time All First? I think three time yes. first team All Pro. Mm-hmm. You know, that's serious catalogue for a running back when you look at, you know, Gail Sayers in five years, Terrell Davis in six years in terms of getting into the hall. Um, you know, and he was on pace to have... Uh, look, he's only 28 now. He was on pace for some serious yardage. He may, you know, he may play into his early to mid-30s and have back-to-back-to-back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, and he will become a very interesting discussion. But there's something I feel slightly uncomfortable thinking that all of a sudden he's just going to change the attitude that we've seen for the last three years, which doesn't seem to be entirely football centric or entirely team centric into, 
you know, it's a difficult one for me. Would I have liked him to sign? Probably, because I think he suited the offence. I think he suited the style of offensive line play that we had. His patience, his hands out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we passed up on Barry Sanders, let's say that. Yeah, one thing I, I, I never understood, he, he was on a Super Bowl team, sat out an entire year over not wanting to take the, the franchise tag. He never replaced that money because if he he earned twenty eight million dollars from the Jets for two seasons, you know how do you replace the fourteen million you passed up the year before? You just don't. Exactly. You know, so I felt that his choices. I, I felt he had three really good choices. To be honest with you, first yeah, of all, of course, if he wanted to win and to get snaps, I think the Bills was the easiest choice of the three, because mm. I don't know if you're watching if you're watching that team, but Singletary doesn't look like the man all of a sudden he's not having a great season but then you look at the the chiefs and you know clyde edwards hilaire is headed for a rookie of the year trophy this year and i know somebody uh reached out to me and said no no cd lamb's gonna get that trust me when i tell you clyde edwards hilaire is gonna get it because he plays with mahomes and the super bowl champion okay cd lamb is playing with andy dalton and a team that looks like is gonna struggle to win six games so yeah, I would say Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets that. So I guess his snaps get cut in half. He's going to be much more prominent. He's going to be on TV all the time. Everybody's going to look at him. With the Dolphins, I guess it was an audition for if he had a great year this year, I guess he gets paid again in the offseason by somebody. But I thought he had three good choices. He chose to win, and you can't I, – I would never blame anybody for choosing to go win. You know? I, I think that – if we're honest with ourselves, Miami were third in a three-horse race in terms mm. of, you know, you look at you, you look at the Chiefs of the defending. You know, I know that they've struggled a little bit this season, but they are the defending Super Bowl champions. The Bills are very much in in play. I know they laid an egg two nights ago against the Titans, but to that point, very much in play as one of the the, the strong teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, what he would have got in Miami was an, a young, improving team and the opportunity to prove himself as a factor back uh, in an offense that could have really needed him over the next two or three years in a team that could end up in the same position as the Bills this time next year and the Chiefs this time two years' time. But th- there's a lot of ifs around that and, and running backs' mm-hmm. careers don't last for too long. So I'm never going to blame him for taking a one-year deal um, to try and get to, um, to try and, you know, win a Super Bowl. And look, this time next year, or even at the end of the season, you know, he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Miami is still interested in Le'Veon Bell, I mean, part of me wonders why he, they were dangling. Why didn't Miami trade for him? Yeah. Why, didn't, why don't you just offer a seventh round pick? That well, maybe, maybe there, there's something, uh, there's something to do with his contract. I do know for a fact that he needed to choose a team before Saturday or before yeah. games were played. I, I know that there's no game tonight, so he needed to choose a team before Sunday because he had a $1 million roster bonus that he would have lost if he was not on an NFL roster come this Sunday. So he needed to be on somewhere this week. So the decision do, was coming this week. Do you know who the Jets' next three games were against? Yeah. Against the Dolphins, Miami, Chiefs. the Bills, and Chiefs. Astonishing. <laughs> right, Astonishing. right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I there was a, a money component uh, that had to do with his, you know, I, and I'm pretty sure the Jets were thinking, okay, do we take a six-round pick, but then we have to pay him a million dollars? You know what? Mm. It's not worth it to us to pay him a million dollars for a six-round pick or a seventh-round pick. So let's just cut him 
and save ourselves this million. You know, I think that that's, that was their calculation. I think, uh, you know, there's, I think there's, there has to be gas in the tank and now we're definitely going to see it because Andy Reid's going to figure out how to, how to play him and Clyde Edwards Hiller together, if anything. And if not, they're going to have a great one, two punch. So, you know, well, no, no sense in crying over spilled milk. I guess we're back into. Oh, exactly. You kind of got to, you kind of got to move on, haven't you? I mean, I think just as a, like a final full stop to, I think you make a very, you make a very good point. This clear, you know, a, he's 28 B he has what? 264 carries in the past three years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, he, he's got some, he's still got mileage on those, um, in those legs. It, for me, it's just how much does he want it? Just how much does he really care about playing football? Yeah. And I think we'll see. And as far as, uh, as him as a free agent at the end of the season, I'm, I'm still more in on, I would use a higher pick, a high pick on Travis Etienne. I really think he's a, a star in the making. But yeah, I think the Jets could be looking at a scenario where they can take Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick and Travis Etienne with the first pick of the second round. I, I, I don't see that as a scenario that's too far from the reality. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. Reality. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all. But um, yeah, as far as uh, Le'Veon Bell as a free agent at season's end, I think the Dolphins have to get, especially since I, I can almost see it already. The Dolphins are building into what could be a very desirable location. For free agents, hmm. I think the Dolphins have to get used to the idea of only taking guys that want to be here. And if somebody already told you no, and decided your money wasn't green, you know, time to pass on. Time, time to move on and go get somebody else. Go get somebody that wants to be here. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, I think it's you know, I, and I think the Dolphins should start thinking of themselves in that way because one thing struck me as they were beating down the San Francisco 49ers. There was a, a picture of uh, Cal Benoit and Ryan Fitzpatrick talking together. Yeah, yeah. And the announcer goes, and there goes the two oldest players on the Dolphins, 37 yeah, youngest, and 29. <laughs> yeah. Youngest team in the league, you know. Yes. Two of the, we've got two of the three youngest players in the league in Jackson and Igbenogane. Right. So, you know, I think the Dolphins are soon to be a very, very desirable location. I don't think they have to be begging people to come here. If guys don't want to be here, they don't want to be here. Just, you know, yeah. uh, if you offer equal money and they say no, I don't think those are guys that you want on your team anyway. All right. Yeah, now, it feels like we're still a little bit in the sort of being played, used uh, yeah. domain, as it were. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I wonder what he really got out of it, because I'm hearing yeah. it's incentive laden to the max. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. It's got to be a prove it deal, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, there has to be something in there. And I don't know how he's like, if he's getting offered... You know, like, okay, you get $2 million if you run for 1,000 yards from here on out. If this were a regular Le'Veon Bell and they had nobody in their backfield, I would believe it. But with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, are they really going to cut his snap count drastically? He's he's at somewhere around 21 touches a game right now or 22 touches a game. So are they going to cut Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back to what, 15 touches? And try to get the other 15 Maybe. for Le'Veon Bell? Maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe, yeah. So. I think I think what they've got to do is is try and keep the what the Chiefs have got to do is try and keep their offense on the field for a bit longer. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they they became all of a sudden became incredibly reliant on. Um, you know, they threw the ball an awful lot, 
Um, and I assume, I don't know this, but I would assume that Edwards Hilaire won't be available to play for a, for a week or 10 days because hasn't he got to go into the, hasn't he got to go into NFL protocol? You know, doesn't he have like, yeah, uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, straight days or something? Yeah, I was researching that today and it was unclear whether it's since he was in with the Jets, if he was already in the protocol so he could just move on from one team to the next. But evidently when you move teams, Everybody has a different protocol, and they have to start it over. So Le'Veon Bell can't play this week. He'll play mm-hmm. next week. So he can't be active until next Wednesday, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, and, yeah, I understand why the Chiefs would want a little bit of help. You're absolutely right. they got to stay on the field a little bit longer. You know, it's the Raiders. They lost to a division opponent at home. The alarms have to go off in your head just a little bit, right, Simon? 100%. You know, 100%. and – you know, the Raiders look good in that game, but you lost and you lost in a shootout at home. So you got to start thinking about, okay, we got to start thinking about doing things a little bit different or we might not make another trip to the Super Bowl. All right. Yeah. Now, two teams that are not talking about the Super Bowl, but one that might be talking about firing their head coach. Let me ask you this, Simon. Is there distinct possibilities the Dolphins will play against Adam Gase's last game as the New York football Jets coach? Yeah, I think it's a very strong possibility. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's been rumour. I mean, he's not well liked in New York generally. He's certainly not well liked by the, the media. And there's obviously the ongoing situation with management of uh, New York Post, New York Daily News, one of the two. Yes. Um, you know, which... Uh, well, the Daily News uh, despises him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so we wait and see, but wouldn't it be the sweet irony if his final game was a defeat at, at, at Dolphin Stadium, given what happened? You know, I, I look, I can't see a single way that the New York Jets win this game. I know that there are, you know, there are, it, it will probably be good for the team that they've removed what, you know, some people were calling the cancer that was Le'Veon Bell. It's a, it's a tough word to use given it's real meaning, but you kind of get where I'm coming from. I, mm-hmm. I know that there are players coming back. They expect potentially Denzel Mims and Brashad Perryman to play this weekend, which will, you know, obviously boost their receiving core, which is considerably the worst in the league when you look at, you know, Chris Hogan, Jeff Smith, Braxton Berrios, only really Jameson Crowder of any note. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about the Michael P. Ryan starting to get touches this week, which will be interesting to see what happens. Chris Hearn has been a massive disappointment at tight end and uh, and obviously Sam Darnold won't play also Mackay Beckton unlikely to play as well the the left tackle who's was stunning in his first three games yeah um, I will, I will say this today um I know the daily news they had to they had to pull a tweet because they had uh they had dropped a tweet on Adam Gay saying that was just a headline that said this man does drugs and I guess the Jets had, had told the daily news like come on I know you guys hate us but will yeah, you please stop yeah. it with this stuff yeah, you know, yeah. but uh, they know, were advocating just... today. They were advocating like, okay, who's the model for a rebuild in the, in the division? You never guess. Of course, they mentioned the Miami Dolphins, and they were saying, isn't it time for the Jets to just jettison everybody at the deadline? And one guy they mentioned was Crowder, man. And man, I would line up right away for Jamison Crowder yeah, for this yeah. team. I, mean, no? I saw Quinn and Williams as well talked about uh, as a. Uh... As a potential guy that they were going to cut, but you know, I, I can't see them trading either Crowder or Quinn and Williams to somebody within the division. That just doesn't right. strike me as. But you know, I think 
you know, you're going to see a very different New York Jets team this time next year, both in coaching and certainly in personnel. You know, I don't believe Sam Darnold will be the quarterback of the New York Jets this time next year. I think Darnold will, you know, end up somewhere like Pittsburgh, for example. I just think mm-hmm. that, you know, his time will, will has, has come and probably gone. You know, Joe Douglas, the new GM, didn't draft him. Um, and I think he'll look to bring in a coach potentially, you know, they've, they've certainly tried to mine the, the well of college coaching with Matt Campbell at Iowa state. They certainly got very close to Matt Campbell. They got very close to Matt rule. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Joe Douglas went down that path. Um, and, you know, Trevor Lawrence sits there staring them in the face. I mean, currently they I think they're the third overall pick Atlanta would have the first, the New York giants would have the second, but in that absolute, um, horror show that is the NFC East. I suspect the Giants <laughs> probably will squeak across the line. In, in you know, they were, it seemed like they were pretty close against the Cowboys the other night. Like, uh, you feel like they're going to win at one or two games. You just look at this Jets roster and you just think, I've no, excuse me, I have no idea when you're, you know, where you're going to win a game. And, uh, Neville Hewitt, the former Dolphin cast off, leads the team in tackles. You know, <laughs> yes. they are they are bereft of talent all over the field. You know, you watched that Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago. Um, against the Denver Broncos, you know, a, a team themselves battling, you know, down to their third string quarterback. Um, and the, the way that Pierre Desir was treated as, uh, you know, was absolutely abused um, in that game by, by, by Jerry Judy and by the, by the um, Broncos receivers, you know, they really, really are struggling on defense. They can't get pressure. They can't stop the run. Uh, and they can't stop the pass. You know, they've got you know, lots of young players, you know, Quincy Wilson, Ashton Davis, um, you know, up front, uh, Quinn and Williams really hasn't developed in the way that you'd hope the third overall pick would do. Bryce Hall, the Virginia corner, who we all liked, who was injured and, uh, you know, slow to come back. Blake Cashman, the linebackers on IR, you know, and they were they were struck by the injuries to, to, to CJ Mosley, which has, you know, has really hurt them most of all. But they're just not a good football team. And I just, I, I you know, for the life of me, can't see how... They will beat the Dolphins at the weekend. I just think we have way too much, way too much talent, way too much power for them. And, and you know, Adam Gase talked this week about giving up play calling, and then uh, um, Darrell Loggins gave a press conference. They said they talked about it. But Adam had decided he was going to keep calling the plays, which you know means you know a heavy <laughs> dose of three point two yards per carry. Frank Gore, um, who we all you know beloved, but you know who's who is not long for this this footballing world for this mortal so, uh, coil. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, and, <laughs> and you look at the stats, you look at all the stats, you know, they uh, are pretty much worse than the NFL in third down conversion. Four, they're over seven in fourth down conversion, in yardage, in time of possession. You know, the league average this season is 33 and a half minutes. The Jets only average 26 minutes time of possession. They're last in turnovers against, turnovers for, penalties, offside penalties, everything you could think of that mm-hmm. is bad, the Jets are the, the dominant force in. So... You know, uh, if the Dolphins aren't three and three by by the end of this weekend, they'll have done something drastically wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And if you've noticed, dear listener, why we we're not talking a lot about Jets Dolphins, although usually Jets Dolphins can get your your blood flowing, it's because it's not the Dolphins' fault. Okay, they're coming off a forty three to seventeen win over the Forty ers so we could talk plenty about them, but we just don't want to talk about the Jets until the very very end of the show. But one thing we can talk about is. And I, I know people hate to hear this stuff, but this Trevor Lawrence thing, it's bothered me in one respect, but it's not in another. If you read what is going on in Atlanta, they're advocating trading Matt Ryan to whoever needs a quarterback to put them over the hump and for anything because they're determined to get Trevor Lawrence. 
will they get him or is the Jets plan just too good? I, I think that Atlanta are just too good a team, actually. Mm. You know, you look around that, you know, whether or not they whether or not they um keep Ryan or not. And actually I, I it would not surprise me if they traded him. And you have to think that reuniting Matt Ryan with Carl Shanahan in San Francisco would be a, a pretty much a marriage made in heaven. You feel like that would get San Francisco over the hump. You know, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback we pretty much thought he was, you know, he is not a he's not an upper echelon NFL quarterback. I think that's fair to say. Um and, and Matt Ryan could be the guy, you know, 35 still has, you know, Miles in the clock, as it were. Um, you know, his arm doesn't seem to be wavering in the in the way that Drew Brees's, for example, has so drastically. Um, but I just think the Falcons are, are, are too good a team. You look at, you know, look, you, you're only as good as your record, and they are Owen, and, oh and whatever, Owen oh five, Owen oh six. But you know, Todd Gurley is fourth in the NFL in in rushing yards. You know, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Ridley, Hayden Hurst. You know, they've got an offensive line. I mean. Eleven of ten of their eleven starters against the Packers the other day were on Monday Night Football were, were first former first round picks. You know, Matt Ryan at mm-hmm. quarterback, Todd Gurley at running back, Jones and Ridley, Hayden Hurst, all first rounders, and then what James Carpenter, Chris Lindstrom, Alex Mack, Jake Matthews, and Caleb McGarry, all first rounders. And you you know, it's astonishing. And so their know, fans again, are just dreaming. It's just it's a pipe dream to want Trevor yeah, Lawrence I, at this point. You know, it would be it would be perfection because you know Georgia kid going back to you know staying mm-hmm. in state, given all the furore and the death threats and things that happened when he left Georgia. You know, grew up in Cartersville, Georgia, seventy miles north of Atlanta, to go to, to to South Carolina, to Clemson, to to university because everybody believed that he was staying in state and going to the Bulldogs. Kirby Smart flew his helicopter in to to recruit him on a number of occasions, but it, it, it didn't happen. But I, I, I think that the Falcons have too much talent unless they start shelling Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. You, know, you, you could easily see scenarios where they trade Matt Ryan. I think you probably get, you know, you get an early second at very worst and probably a first rounder for Matt Ryan. Well, San Francisco, did San Francisco trade their first this year to the Colts? They did to the Colts for, um, for DeForest Buckner, who's playing at an all pro level this year. So, but you look at Dion Jones, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, you could easily get rid of, you know, team, you look at a team like the Green Bay Packers or the Patriots would give up, you know, a high pick for, for Julio Jones, who's still mm. playing at a high level despite being 31. You know, there's still again miles in the tank for Julio. Although he found uh, a he found a hamstring injury, which yeah, they might use to stash him. So yeah, you know, Maybe. and and I would be tempted if if I did have the devious plan. Okay, not that anybody will purpose, purposefully go out there to lose every single game this year. Although I think they might have to do that to overtake the Jets. Although they do yeah. have the Jets right now, but you know the Jets are coming on hard. Okay, they're coming fast for them. But if I did have those plans, man, I would like to hand over Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones to Trevor Lawrence next year, right? Like it would it would be a yeah. dream to have those guys still on the roster and have your rookie quarterback come in with those guys. So I don't yeah. know. So I mean, I think the Falcons are, Falcons are on the hook for some significant count. I think fifty million in dead money next year if they cut Ryan. Um, so I suppose the financials would suggest that he's probably going to be mentoring a young quarterback next year before moving on, unless the right deal appears, uh, you know, because at some point, if you're the 49ers and you think you can't get over the hump with Jimmy G, then do you try and, you know, put your eggs into the, 
three or four years. You look at the way that quarterbacks are. Drew Brees being, what, 43, 42, Tom Tom Brady being 43. Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play into his 40s. You know, Matt Ryan at 35, if he still has a desire to do what those three guys have done, there might be six, seven years left on his clock. Well, would you give up if you're a team like the 49ers whose window is is open, but you can see it closing in the next two or three years? Would you give up a first round pick if you believe that Matt Ryan going back to the offensive coordinator that he is most beloved of would get them over the hump? I think you probably would, wouldn't you? Yeah, I've, I've been watching a lot of their media this week and, and needless to say, you got you to listen to their media, Simon. They have a guy uh, for Sports Illustrated who follows the 49ers around. His name is Grant Cohn. Jesus Christ, that guy actually dis- <laughs> absolutely despises Jimmy Garoppolo. And he was he was basically mm. just saying, okay, it's time. It's time. Go get Matt Ryan, whatever they want. Just bring him in and just get it done. If you listen to them, they feel pretty good about what they have on offense. They love Debo mm. Samuel. They like George Kittle. They like Brandon Ayuk. They love Raheem Mostert. So... And they like McKinnon too. So they like what they have mm. on their offense. They they're just they look at their quarterback and they're, like, and they're like, this is not it. This is not enough. You know, let's try to get back to the Super Bowl and get back quickly, make a trade for Matt Ryan. So they're advocating for it. So who knows? It might happen. And if I'm Atlanta, man, yeah. I'm so tempted. Like I I'm, I gotta figure out a way to lose 16 games. I just gotta do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 All right. I'm not sure it'll happen. Yeah, so it has to be the Jets, right? Is there is there another shooter that we're not aware of? It's just the Jets and the Falcons. That's it. The Giants? Huh. I don't know. They did, you know, they looked okay against Dallas, but it was Dallas. Dallas allows points to everybody. You know. Yeah, I mean, Dallas has the worst. I mean, statistically, it's the worst defense in NFL history in terms of yards given up per game. I would say so because they played they played the the Giants who came in with one of the worst offenses in NFL history, averaging twelve points a game, and the Giants put up what thirty three. Yeah. <laughs> so 34. yeah, that's not good. That's not good. I mean, the, the Giants the Giants play Washington twice hmm. in the next four weeks. That's, they play the Bengals. Bad. Um, I mean, I could see the Giants winning. I mean, they play they play Washington, the Eagles, the Buccaneers. The uh, Washington, the Eagles, the Bengals, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. So I, I, I think those are all losses. Period. Those are all. Yeah, losses. I think I think Washington and the Bengals. You could win three games there. Mm-hmm. And Washington but, has a win, right? So that's the problem. Washington is does that have a Was- win. Yeah, the Washington has a win. That's the problem. Yeah, there's some bad teams. I. There are some bad teams, man. There are some bad teams. You know, clearly with the Dwayne Haskins situation, Washington is now, you know, looking for that quarterback of the future. Yeah, well, I'm three... just interested in keeping him away from the Jets. I don't care that the Jets are mud, you know? The Jets would, would like I told you this morning, the thinking is that the Jets could fuck up a, a cup of coffee. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a cup of coffee yeah. is the easiest thing to, to, to make in the world, all right? You just I get good, good beans and you get clean water and you make good coffee. Well, I don't want Trevor Lawrence at the Jets. I'm gonna say, yeah, that and that's I'm trying to finesse him away from the Jets, and I don't see the path. I really don't. All right, now you know you beat the 49ers 43 to 17. It tends to bring about some expectations, and we talked about it last week. So, well, we talked about it on Monday. You know, five and two puts us right in the thick of the playoff hunt. That's what's expected as far as you know if they're really gonna make a run at this thing, but. I'm talking about a little bit more different expectations. They're facing Joe Flacco. 
Are the hmm. Dolphins really expected to smash the Jets this Sunday at home, Simon? Or a win is a win so. is a win is a win, and you just take it. I mean, you take a win, right? I mean, yeah. in three years' time, nobody's going to look back and say, "Well, that was an average performance at the Dolphins." It's a win. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but but if it, uh, you know? if they manage to win like sixteen thirteen, this uh, are you coming back on Monday and saying, oh, "I don't know about this team." Um, I think it would be disappointing. Um, uh, you know, and Joe Flacco, you know, he holds the he holds the Indian sign over us. I mean, I think he's is he six and zero or seven and zero against us in. Korea? I don't know what it is, but it's a lot. I know he he beat us in, in his, the playoffs too. So yeah, and his last, I think, I think his last two games against us, he's held the the team he's played for, Baltimore, have held us to. I think they beat us forty to nothing on Monday, on Thursday night football, and then spank us around to to three or six points um uh, 38 when, to seven the one yeah, time maybe. before yeah so 40 to nothing on thursday night football 38 seven the time before that yeah so, in I mean, between that's... there was a game but i i don't think we're counting that game because they had a lot of injuries i'm not sure what what happened in that game or i don't think he played i think he was injured if i'm correct right, i'm okay. not sure i know there was a game in between that we won no they beat us they is 38-6, and Flacco threw for four touchdowns and 381 yards. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then, and then we, we beat them? We had a six-inning speech at that point. Ugh. I can't remember. Uh, he's, never, he's never lost to us. Okay. So he, so he is so, undefeated against the Dolphins. He's undefeated against Miami, so yeah. Yeah. Well, it's time to give him a defeat. Uh I yes. don't see it. I don't see how the Jets are going to get it together for, for one Sunday, especially the Dolphins are flying high. They have to be flying high after that after that game. There's going to be some extra motivation in that running back room, I would think, after everybody being assigning away from losing their job. I would like to see the Dolphins get Matt Brady more involved, and you know, I think I'm, we're getting yeah. ready to give up on the Jordan Howard experiment. So what I, do you I expect? A cop. Yeah, possibly. Uh, who knows? Wh- who knows what's out there? Who knows? May- they might even trade for somebody. You mentioned one one of those guys already. You know, what if Atlanta just thinks, you know what? What are we doing with the fourth leading rusher in the NFL? You know, let's send Tom Gurley to the Dolphins for a fifth round pick and call it a day. Like that could make some sense, right? Um, To me, Gurley looks really slow. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, he just he just lacks the explosion that you know that that he had that twenty two yard touchdown run the other day and it, it just it looked like he was in, running in treacle. I mean he is playing he's playing okay, but to me I just I, I'm not sure I'd do that frankly. You know I, I wonder about somebody like Gus Edwards in um in Baltimore for example mm-hmm. who stylistically fits what they what they like. But look, I, I Miles Gaskin's playing all right, you know, and uh, like you say, it'd be good to get. Be good to get Breed of the ball a bit more. Patrick Laird was on the field more against the 49ers than I'd seen him before, and he, he seems to be back from injury. Um, it wouldn't surprise if they just rode with this this triumvirate through to the end of the season if they can stay healthy. And especially if Gaskey's injury. I think the kid's playing hard. You know, we'll He's a good pass receiver, I will say that. He catches the ball as yeah. clean as any running back we've had he's here in, in a while. Quite patient as a runner as well. I liked him at Washington. You know, he's he's slippery. He's you know, he, he narrows his hips and gets through holes. He 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 you know he'll he's got good vision. He's got really good field vision. Um, he looks very small out there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I do like him. He, he you know, he, he goes forward on contact a lot of the time. Um, you know, and I think he's benefiting from some decent offensive line play, which, you know, God, how, how often have we been able to say that over the last few years? So, yeah, like somebody was complaining the other day about that Jordan Howard was a bust. And should we, should we start questioning what Chris Greer has done this offseason? And I said, are, are you crazy? We've been talking about an offensive line here for 4,000 years, and Chris Greer might have fixed it in one offseason, <laughs> okay, by signing one guy off the street and Ted Karras one middle mid-level free agent and Eric Flowers and then drafting three guys that so far seems like he's hit big on. So, yeah. I mean, uh, take the take the top 7 running backs in the NFL this season who have forced missed tackles. Yeah? Mm-hmm. The, give me some names that you think should, you know, think about the best running backs in the league. Think about, you know, Ezekiel who should Elliott, be on that I top. So, Zeke is fourth with 17 missed Tackles force on runs this season. McCaffrey, McCaffrey. No, because of the because of the injury. Right, right. He, Clyde he Edwards Hilaire, I would say for sure, is there. Right? No, he's not actually. Hmm. So That's... seventh is Derek Henry. Sixth is Devin Singletary. Fifth is Ezekiel Elliott. No, sorry, that's a lie. Sixth is Derek Henry. Fifth is Singletary. Fourth is Elliott. First, uh, second is Josh Jacobs. First is Dalvin Cook, and Miles Gaskin is third. Wow. With the most forced, most missed tackles forced on runs this season. So Cook has 24, Jacobs has 22, then Gaskin has 18, the rest have 17. Yeah, well, there it is. You know, I mean, he's on pace for he's on pace for 1,300 yards rushing this season. <laughs> yes. Again, you know, 1, nobody 200, notices that, right? 1,297 yards rushing he's on pace for. Yeah. I think the people just look at the, the, he doesn't have a 100-yard rushing game, and I think that's what people are looking at. They, they want to see those numbers, you know. They want to see those numbers on the board, and they want to see a 40, 50-yard touchdown run is what they want to see, yeah. you know. But as far as him, you know, getting yards from scrimmage, absolutely. I just feel like he gets what's there and doesn't get much more, but those numbers seem to say that he is getting more than what's there. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it's like time to see lot. more. We'll just see more and – you know, who knows? Maybe he improves and maybe they, they incorporate Matt Brady a little bit more and that'll make the team much more impl- explosive. Okay, so what do you expect? Give me a score. And does Adam Gase get fired after the game? I say Miami 38, the Jets 14, and yes, he gets fired. Okay, well, we're thinking along the same lines. I think the Dolphins might have a little bit of a letdown, but it won't be enough for the Jets to get in there. I said the Jets kick kick some field goals to make it somewhat close, but it's still 30-16 Dolphins. And Adam Gase gets fired Monday morning, and we're on Trevor Lawrence watch for the rest of the year. Yeah. All right. Hopefully we will talk to you on Monday about a big Dolphins victory over the New York Jets, and then we'll look forward to a bye week, which will mean no preview show the following week. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.